All right, good morning. Uh, this is Mike, and you are back on Driving Theology today. Uh, I've decided to do this live as well as recording as usual on my uh, on my little handy digital recorder. Uh, if you don't know, I've been doing a podcast for the last five years called Driving Theology, uh, and I've been recording uh, as I drive to work every Wednesday, every Wednesday that I go to work. Some Wednesdays I don't. There have been a few times here and there that I haven't, so I've got over 200 podcasts. If you want to look it up, it's called uh, Driving Theology. Uh, but yeah, today I've I've been looking for a time and an excuse to uh, record live, and let's see. Yeah, I think I'm, I think I'm recording. Uh, yeah, I've been wanting to do this for a while to do something live. It was suggested as a way to boost uh, your podcast viewers, so that's what I'm doing now. Um, Anyway, uh, my name's Mike. I live in Japan. I've been here for 26 years, roughly half my life. Uh, and I am a teacher, musician, uh, sometimes missionary and church planter, and uh, uh, even uh, occasional raft guide um, on very gentle rivers. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I do this podcast. I wanted to do it today because of the... Uh, the verdict has come back on Derek Chauvin for the murder uh, of George Floyd. And uh, this is something that, that I've been following. I've been following the uh, especially Black Lives Matter movement somewhat uh, for the last, uh, I don't know, a couple years. And it's it's been something that's close to my heart. Uh, but before I get into that, I, I just want to give a few shout-outs. There's, there's probably some good reasons I shouldn't be doing this uh, live podcast today. Uh, uh, live, yeah, Facebook Live, or whatever you want to call it. And one of them is that uh, my cousin is uh, in really bad shape. Uh, my cousin, uh, Rich Roper, is uh, doing really bad, so a shout-out to him. He may possibly be in the last days of his life. Uh, he's lived a great long life, has a loving family. Uh, I don't know Rich well. He's a lot older than I am. Um, and uh, But still, he's family. And uh, God be with you, Rich. Uh, I hope uh, your pain is over soon. Uh, and I know that you are uh, going on to a... Um, much deserved reward. Um, yeah, and for all the family who's taking care of Rich and praying for him, uh, I'm here with you and uh, just wanted to say that real quick. Uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah, this podcast, I do it this way for a reason. I, I noticed that, uh, I don't know, seven, eight years ago, I was taking lots of road trips uh, during the uh, relief work. Uh, after the great eastern earthquake and tsunami here in Japan and that the car uh, is a wonderful place to have conversations 
and to share thoughts. And there's something about two people sitting side by side, facing the same direction. Uh, it, it opens up conversations in ways that perhaps don't happen in other situations because really there's not much else to do. You know, you have a captive audience uh, and you, you need to kill the time. And it has a way of opening people up, I think, which is really great. So I thought, well, why not, you know, record a podcast? And so I've been doing this for about five years uh, on various subjects. But roughly, I try to get to uh, a, a theological point of some kind. Uh, and, of course, theology is a very big field. And so, you know, whether it's good theology or not, is uh, I, I try not to worry about that too much because probably it isn't very often. Let's see. Sorry, this may be loud for just a second. My car is old. And the heater sometimes doesn't want to do what I want it to. It's not going to today, so I think we'll just have to be hot. Oh, well. Uh, yeah, so George Floyd over a year ago uh, uh, was knelt on. Uh, I guess it's been almost two years now. Uh, his neck was knelt on and he expired while in custody. Uh, and it was all filmed uh, by, by passers-by and bystanders. Uh, and there was, of course, a great outrage. It's been one of the uh, injustices that has sparked uh, riots um, and protests. Uh, and, and just a lot of sadness, I think, uh, in, in recent times. Uh, and today, the jury came back. He's, the trial's been going on for some time. The jury came back with a uh, kind of threefold conviction, uh, both um, third-degree third degree accidental murder or something like this. I don't remember what they call it. Third degree murder, second degree, degree murder, and something else. So three different, uh, um, uh, what do you call it, uh, convictions uh, on three different counts. And the, the largest one, the uh, second degree murder, I think, could, uh, could go as high as a 40-year prison term. So now we're, we are awaiting sentencing, which will be done eight weeks from now. Uh, the former police officer is uh, in custody. He's going to be in jail until that time, and then he will receive his sentence. I am cautiously optimistic about this verdict. Cautiously optimistic, I think, is the best I can be. Um, I, I think it is a good thing in and of itself, but it is not the good thing that people are waiting for. And even if the, the maximum sentence is, is uh, handed down, it's still not the ultimate good thing that people are waiting for. And so I, I wanted to talk about that today. Uh, what does success look like in this situation? And is it realistically attainable. Okay, what does success look like and is it realistically attainable? Um, 
So these are only my ideas. I haven't, you know, looked at this. I haven't studied what other people say. And even if I did, I'm, I'm driving and I can't check notes and or the internet or anything like that. And that's another reason why I do it this way. Uh, I want to I want to be able to talk off the cuff um, and see what a conversational kind of approach sounds like. Of course, I'm here by myself, but in a way, you guys are here with me too. Uh, so. What does success look like? Um, of course, there's a there's a microcosmic view of this and a macrocosmic view as well. On the microcosm, uh, I suppose it's going to look something like he gets the maximum sentence, uh, and I suppose people want him to be upset about it. They they want it to hurt him. They 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 want him to feel uh, pain for what he's done, and and I I think others could argue he's probably been doing that the last two years maybe it's just been a year I it, it, that's confusing to me I don't remember people being in masks that at that time but maybe they were uh, on the on the macrocosm level on the bigger level of course we're talking about systemic injustice systemic racism uh, these these um, much larger, pictures that have been going on for a long long time and seem to be uh, seem to be things that uh, are inherently in our governments that are um, causing certain people in our countries to have advantages and certain people to have disadvantages I say seemingly, not because I don't believe they exist. I believe they do exist. I just think it's really hard to nail down. Uh, partly because uh, human nature, no matter how good the laws are, human nature are to do whatever we can do, is to do whatever we can do to bend the laws to our advantage. And, and this is loopholes and, and things like this. And so, uh, personally, I feel like you know, there comes a time in any uh, institution where you need to you need to blow it up and start all over. And I don't I don't mean that violently, um, although that seems to be the case if we don't um, proactively think about our institution institutions this way. Um, we tend to we tend to get what we need in one way or the other um, but yeah I, I think I think uh, whether it's church uh, institutionalized church or or you know a, a school or an office anytime you have rules over time what happens is we forget why the rules were made and then we start blindly following the rules uh, and and we start doing things for no apparent reason. And then, you know, at some point, somebody's gonna say, well, that's dumb, and they're gonna do everything they can to bend the rule, um, because the original reasons for having that rule are no longer known, or maybe no longer relevant, right? So it's kind of human nature to bend our institutions to our own advantage. And democracy kind of makes that possible, right? I think it happens in any any form of human government, but but I think democracy, especially uh, the way American uh, democracy is working out, I think we see that time and time again. 
Uh, and so a lot of our institutions become self-serving uh, and corrupt over time. Not that they didn't start out good, uh, but that human nature, like I said, is to figure out how to, uh, how, how to, what's the word, bend, bend and um, manipulate systems to, to the advantage of the people who are in power at the time. Uh, so I think systemic racism definitely exists, and I think it needs to be wiped out. So my question is, uh, what would that look like, uh, and is it is it possible, right? Is it even realistically possible? I'd say in the short term, it might be possible. Like, let's say let's say we somehow pass a law that says the Constitution must be rewritten and amended to stamp out any inherent racism in it uh, and to provide uh, provide liberties and protection for people that it did not foresee needing to protect. Okay? I don't think anybody thinks that the, the Constitution was written perfectly. I think it's a good document. I think it's a maybe a, a great document uh, for its time especially but maybe it's time that we went back and and from the very foundations of our country uh, we start placing um, some of these protections there uh, maybe that's something that could happen uh, because the way we've been interpreting the Constitution seems to uh, be the problem and interpretation is it just is, right? Everything is interpreted. Uh, everything is seen from somebody's point of view. Uh, and, yeah. So, so the question is, how, to, how, do we, how do we put in fail-safes that will ensure that we don't start gaming that system as well? Because human nature tells me that, that that system will eventually become corrupt and broken again. So in the short term, uh, perhaps we will be able to, to do something about that, but in the long term, maybe not. Uh, you know, maybe it will just happen again and, you know, it's, we'll have to break it all up again and start all over ad nauseum. And, and that doesn't seem like to me a great system, uh, a great way to do it. So maybe that's what it would look like. You know, perhaps we would be able to, uh, in the short term, provide protection for all the citizens uh, of the United States, uh, where everybody would uh, not start at such different starting lines, right? Where we could somehow correct generational wealth gap, uh, that we could uh, correct uh, prejudice um, and discrimination and bias of all kinds. Um, <laughs> it seems like a bit of a pipe dream, right, when you say it that way. It, se it seems like, uh, you know, I'm trying to create a, uh, a utopia. And I think that's, that's my next point. Uh, in that, so is it even possible? I don't think it's possible, and I'll tell you why. And I'm not sure we should even try 
actually. Uh, I don't think we can take a human system and suddenly uh, make it perfect. Uh, I think it needs to be solid from its foundation. And I don't think any human institution can be because it will always be run by whatever group is in power and there will ever always be a group in power, right? Uh, and I also don't see us suddenly erasing racial divide that we can stop actually identifying ourselves by, by white and black and Hispanic and, and Asian and whatnot. I don't see I don't see that stopping anytime soon. And anyway, even if we stopped labeling ourselves that way, uh, we would probably still congregate with uh, those most like ourselves. Uh, and again, human nature really comes into play in all of this. Uh, yeah, so I'm not sure it's even possible. Uh, in a human institution. However, we do have an institution uh, that promises all of this um, that was uh, instituted. I think it was, it was, uh, uh, it failed many times. It, 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 I think God strived to bring this institution to the world many times. Uh, and I think the, the Bible, um, among many other things, is a record of, of God's efforts to convince mankind of a better way uh, to be in the world. Um, but certainly Jesus came and instituted something that he called the kingdom of heaven, or the kingdom of God, and something that he, he instituted into the world, he brought to the world, uh, and... Um, something for which he died to bring to the world, obviously. Uh, and so the kingdom of heaven, or the kingdom of God, as it's also known, is the institution that sorry, Facebook has unconnected. Let's see if it'll reconnect. Oh, there we go. We're back. Uh, so the kingdom of God is the in institution that fulfills all the promises uh, that, uh, you know, the other utopian visions have, have tried to provide. I think the problem has come that many Christians, and I see this with my fellow Americans, uh, my fellow Americans, uh, right now in the States, is that they've confused the two. They've confused... Uh, American, uh, the Republic of America uh, with the Kingdom of Heaven and the systems of the world will never achieve uh, what the Kingdom of Heaven will uh, and I say will because I believe it will eventually uh, cover the earth uh, but the Kingdom of Heaven is where true justice is found, and, and by justice I mean reconciliation and mercy, right? Mercy, uh, reconciliation through mercy, right? Uh, I believe is is perhaps the the best definition of justice. Uh, 
from God's point of view, not from man's point of view. And that's another thing, like, you know, the American uh, nationalism defines justice as one thing, but God defines it as another, but we refuse to accept God's uh, God's interpretation of what justice is, or, or God's definition of what true justice is. God's justice is one thing. Man's justice is completely different. Uh, so, yeah, the kingdom of heaven, which Jesus brought and, and modeled for us as he was on the earth, and that is bringing uh, faraway people near, uh, bringing sick people healing, uh, bringing hungry people food, bringing community to those who, who lack it, bringing family to the disenfranchised, uh, bringing, bringing the love of God to people who did not know the love of their fellow man, raising these people out of the, uh, the mire and the mud and the gutters to be level with those people that the world defined uh, as superior, whether it's uh, intellectually superior, uh, you know, wealth, wealthily superior, is that a word, right? Uh, people who have power. Uh, Jesus raised those people up, and those people included, uh, especially through Paul, not only people who are not Jewish, uh, but women and lepers. Uh, the demon-possessed, and the poor, right? All the people that needed him the most are the people that he decided to start his kingdom with. They are in the foundation of the kingdom along with Jesus uh, and the apostles. Uh, and so the kingdom of heaven comes to a world uh, with, with huge class uh, divide, Right? class and wealth divide uh, and he puts everybody on a level playing field but not just with each other and this is this is the miraculous thing what Jesus does is places all the people on the world in the world on a level position with himself and he does this by becoming a man uh, my friend Johnny likes to say that he believes that, that Jesus has remained in bodily form to this day. That, that once Jesus took human form, uh, of course he was crucified and he was resurrected in a bodily form. And we know this because he was touched, right? It wasn't the same form that he had, but it resembled the same form. And that he, he has consigned himself to be forever... Uh, in bodily form, and this is this is an amazing thing, right? That that God, the God of the universe, the God who knows no sin, the God who needs nothing, the God who lacks nothing, uh, would choose to enter into this broken, wounded world. And so he brought himself to our level, as well as raising others up to his level. So do you think God believes in equality? <laughs> Is that even a serious question? 
course he does. Of course he does. Uh, I'm just going to backtrack a little bit. I've got about 10 more minutes before I'm going to get to my uh, job. I do want to say that, of course, I'm white. I'm middle-aged. Uh, I have uh, benefited from white privilege over the years. Uh, I, I um, don't live in America now, and I haven't for a while. But because of the internet, of course, I keep track of a lot of stuff that's going on. And I have a lot of American friends online. So I, I really do my best to try to keep up with what's going on there. I still feel a very strong affinity for the people in my country. Um, but the fact is, I'm, I'm the face of the problem. Uh, I, I assume that Derek Chauvin and I probably are of similar age similar background, quite possibly. Oh no. Come on. Why? Sorry, uh, for you guys, I'm still recording. Uh, but my phone just shut down because it got too hot. Not cool. So I'm going to try to cool down my fan. My phone. Not cool. Ha, <laughs> that was a good joke. Not cool. Yeah, I'm going to take it out of the case and see if I can cool it down. So I'll pause you guys for a second and I'll be back in a minute. Uh, so what I was saying is I'm, I'm sort of the face of the problem, right? I'm, I'm middle-aged, white guy, probably similar age, similar background to Derek uh, Chauvin. And uh, so I understand uh, from that standpoint, I think the, uh, the difficulty also that, that we uh, white Americans are going to have in accepting the fact that we we have been in charge of and are responsible for systemic racism, uh, and it's hard to know what to do about it as well. Uh, it's very difficult to know what to do about it, uh, and so I'm not an expert on it. Uh, I I do not have the same experiences uh, that my African American uh, friends and family have had. And so, I'm not trying to, to say what should happen. But I would like to give a, an alternate uh, hope. And that is that, that, uh, that justice would roll down like the waters, right? That, that this would happen. I just don't think it's going to happen uh, on American time. I think it's going to happen... Uh, in the kingdom of God. And it is happening, let's be honest. Wherever the kingdom of God is, this is what is happening. Right? Justice is a thing. Uh, and I'm not, I'm not pretending that every church is acting like the kingdom of God. I believe every church is not acting like the kingdom of God, and all Christians are not either. But the only way this is really going to happen, the only way we are going to uh, be in a system that cannot be gamed, uh, that cannot be manipulated, that cannot be corrupted, 
that will be fair for all uh, is something called the kingdom of God. And I think we need to realize right now that that church, especially evangelicalism, uh, fundamentalism, Pentecostalism, uh, really a lot of churches everywhere have not been meeting the mandate or the call of the kingdom of God, myself included. Um, and so if we are going to get anywhere uh, that has equality for all, um, that will last, that will last forever, uh, it's going to be the kingdom of God. Uh, and that's, that's why the kingdom has come here to bring healing and reconciliation uh, to everyone. That, that's the point of the kingdom. Uh, and so I wish that for everyone today. I, I want to tell you I am, again, cautiously optimistic about the verdict, uh, but I am very optimistic uh, about our prospects in the kingdom of heaven. And, and I pray that uh, we will that our eyes will be open, that we will be released from the bondage of nationalism, uh, which which uh, has tyrannized uh, and taken many prisoners away from the kingdom. Uh, and yeah, I, I pray that true justice will be achieved. And I'm going to be happy about every little justice that's, that's achieved as well. Um, but my my. I think I'm going to reserve my optimism for, for the kingdom of heaven. And I pray that people who claim to follow Jesus will boldly enter into the kingdom of heaven. And if you want to know how, just go to the Gospels. And uh, Jesus tells us, right? That's what he's telling us. That's what he told uh, the man who said... Uh, you know, teacher, how do, how do we, how can we get eternal life? And what did he say? He said, love God, love people. Later he said, later he said, a new commandment, a new commandment I give to you, love one another, love one another as I have loved you. Love sacrificially, uh, love extravagantly, uh, just love. And so that's how you're going to find yourself in the kingdom. Uh, and if you are on the receiving end of that love, uh, as you learn to pass it on, uh, I think you'll find yourself in the kingdom as well. And I do think one day that this kingdom will uh, spread from shore to shore uh, across the entire world, uh, not just uh, in specific countries, uh, but boundaries will come down. The differences that separate us will be done away with. Uh, one day we will realize that we are one people and we have been gifted this one divine life uh, and uh, it's something to be treasured and cherished uh, and shared. And so I, I uh, yeah, I look forward to seeing that in little ways and I, we're gonna have to see it in little ways before we see it in big ways. It just doesn't work the other way, right? It, it doesn't, nothing works the other way. You, you're gonna have to start doing that to the people in your family. You're going to have to start loving them extravagantly, uh, loving the, the, the people at your job, in your school, at the supermarket, the people who you know, the people you don't know, the people like you, the people not like you. Uh, that's, that's how this is going to work. Uh, 
Um, and that's really the only solution, I think, worth investing in. Love you guys. Thank you for uh, being part of my very first live podcast. I'm going to wrap it up there. Uh, you can go to iTunes or SoundCloud. Look up Driving Theology if you want to check out some of uh, my other episodes. Thanks a lot. Let me know how you liked this uh, live format if you did indeed uh, tune in. And uh, yeah, so there's going to be a part two video uh, on Facebook. So I'll just go ahead and post this there and I won't be able to put them together. But oh well, that's how it goes. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye bye.